The Paunch Stevenson Show, paunchstevenson.com, episode 84, Monday, September 24th, 2007. Well, uh, one thing I was going to say about DVDs, um, Indiana Jones, the, um, of course, I don't know if you ever saw this, but uh, there was the, the Young Indiana Jones Chronicles TV show from the early 90s. Yeah, I remember that. that yeah, that George Lucas did. Um, so finally, they come to DVD, and basically, Lucas, and basically, <laughs> what? Let, let me st- let me start from the beginning. What happened was, I thought he's your best friend now. <laughs> he is, but what what happened was, in the beginning, when the show was first, I think it came on the air like 1992, and <laughs> it debuted on ABC. And basically, it was um, it was a one hour episode, and it cost a re- an unbelievable amount of money to make because Lucas insisted on filming in actual locations all over the world, and it, you know, it, it, I mean, it came out great. It looked, you know, it was a great looking series. It was it was fairly entertaining, and what happened was he would he would air these things and. They had a guy playing Indiana Jones at age 90. Who was <laughs> it? George Burns? No, some guy named George Hall. Uh-huh. I don't know who he was, but they um, they had those as, like, bookends. Like, the guy would narrate, you know, he would, like, have a little thing in the beginning and then a couple minutes then at the end. <laughs> you know, that kind of a thing. Um, and eventually, after the series got canceled after one year... And Lucas kept making the episodes, even though he didn't have a TV channel to sell them to. So eventually, I don't know if you remember, there was the Family Channel. The original Family Channel, which was started, I believe, by Pat Robertson. Well, the Family Channel still exists. It's ABC Family. Yeah, well, again, it was started by Pat Robertson. Eventually, Fox got a hold (coughs) of it, and then ABC, whatever. But, so back then... um, Lucas made a deal with the Family Channel to air, to air the Indiana Jones, and TV what he wound shows. up doing, yeah. So what he wound up doing was airing them as he wanted, as like a full length, like a two-hour TV movie. That's what he originally wanted. He did not want one-hour episodes. He wanted two hours. Wait, each so, each individual episode was two hours. Yeah, that's what he wanted. Right. How many episodes were there? <laughs> In the whole series? Yeah. Maybe like 22, I think. So 22 episodes equals 44 hours. Well, again, he had already done half of them in that one season for ABC. So then he did the rest on Family Channel, and then, and this was like 93, 94, and then it got canceled on Family Channel, (laughs) or something, I don't know, and there was still more, and it was just a disaster. And so basically... You know, that happened, and then several years passed. And what wound up happening was, uh, you know, the, the series was, was canceled for like two or three years. <laughs> he goes back, this is around like 1996, he starts going back and filming, reshooting little bits and pieces of, of the episodes. And in fact, he wound up, in some cases, he reshot, you know, he wound up shooting like an entire hours worth of footage yeah 
And and then he got it was even worse. Then when he started filming like uh when he started doing the initial work on the Phantom Menace and the Star Wars special edition, he started filming even more stuff. And what he wound up doing was he was reshooting all kinds of stuff and narration and bookends and everything so that he could put all the episodes, including the ones that were on ABC, together as 22, you know, two-hour, you know, hour-and-a-half, whatever, episodes. And he wound up eliminating all of these bookends with the 90-year-old Indiana Jones, which, of course, all the fans hated. They hated the but fact he that he eliminated it, or they hated yes. the guy? No, they hated the fact that he eliminated him. So why did he do it? Because he's nuts. So he did <laughs> he, all that. He has to change everything. Right, he does all that. Why? And then, okay, and then this is, um, I'm going to say this is definitely the late 90s. He finally releases Indiana Jones on VHS. Oh, it hadn't come now, out by then? I don't, honestly, I don't recall it being released on VHS wow. retail. Okay. It, I mean, obviously, it was released to like video rental. You, I'm, I remember that you could not buy it for years. Anyway, he releases the trilogy. He releases all. He's supposed to release all of these twenty-two repackaged chapters of Young Indiana Jones. They wound up doing like half, and then just stop. <laughs> so there's no way to get the rest. So now DVD comes around. And rather than releasing the series on DVD, even as the 22, quote, chapters, and maybe including the deleted bookends and this and that as, as uh, extras and doing, like, interviews and commentary, because he had a lot of guys that were write, writers on the series who wound up being very, you know, successful writers for other movies and shows. R rather than doing any of that, no. He winds up spending God knows what having his film unit produce documentaries. What historical, do you mean? historical documentaries. So that let's say that Indiana Jones, the episode, uh, Indiana Jones uh, was involved in, uh, I don't know, the Russian Revolution, Bolshevik Revolution, right? Yeah. He would go and, and record like an hour's worth of historical documentary, like a, for the History Channel. For the DVD? Yes. So basically, you buy the DVD, and there's going to be three volumes. Each of them are like over $100. Oh. What? <laughs> so, <laughs> yes. The what? First, the, the first volume has... Uh, I guess a third of the episodes of the quote 22 chapters. Was like and, seven episodes? Yeah, and the rest, it's like eight discs or something. <laughs> or maybe 12. I don't know. I think eight. Oh. And the rest is all these documentaries and some other stupid stuff. Nobody and, and, is going to watch that. No uh, deleted scenes, no commentary, no featurettes, nothing. Just these documentaries. So rather than me spending, I don't know, $80, $90, $100 fine for the series, I have to go out and buy three different volumes for $300 <laughs> to get these episodes. Wow. The man is insane. Welcome to the Punch Stevenson Show. 
this was a little confusing to me. Because usually horror movies come out around Halloween, like Saw or Nightmare on Elm Street or whatever. I don't know. Whatever. Rob Zombie made a remake of the movie Halloween. August 31st instead of October 31st. Yeah, why? I mean, it's doing pretty decent at the box office, but why August? You got me. And why did he need to do a remake of Halloween? Well, you know, they gotta do a remake of everything, because nobody could think of an original idea. <laughs> Actually, speaking Although, of remakes, there's this other remake that's been out in the theater for a few weeks. The Invasion. Oh, God. Starring Nicole Kidman. Ugh. In that movie, the production budget was $80 million. Right? It cost $80 million to make. And it's only made $13 million. Well, That's terrible. I think... <laughs> Again, I think there's a couple of reasons. One, um, I one, just terrible. don't. Yeah, well, again, I, I just don't think that horror movies really do that well during the summer. Um, number one, number two, Nicole Kidman is unbelievably, unbelievably overrated. Every but like the critics and all the fashion people and all the Hollywoodites, they love her, but the general public does not. They just don't. Before that, it was Cindy Crawford. Not as an actress. She was yeah, terrible. Remember, no, she made a couple movies. Yeah, but they were awful. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and that, that's why you've never heard about her anymore. Uh, she was terrible. Well, that's why she vanished. Yeah. Well, what, what was I going to say? Yeah, so... um yeah, it was it's it's a remake of Invasion of the Body Snatchers and Yeah. The preview, the you know, the trailer looks so horrendous, it's it, I mean it's no wonder no one has saw it. But it's surprising that it hasn't made any money because this summer, every single movie that has come out, it's like there's a big movie every single weekend and it becomes immediately the number one movie in America. Yeah, I know. For one week. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> and then for that week, we have to watch all these stupid commercials. Uh, Hot Rod is the number one movie in America. Well, yeah, for one week. I... And then what they do, like, after the one week goes by, and then another big movie comes out. Yeah. And then that movie isn't number one anymore. They pull this trick. The number one comedy in America. Oh, yeah. The number one action movie in America. Like, uh, come on. The, the number one Ben Stiller movie in America. <laughs> well, who cares? Uh, well, yeah, you know what? I really wasn't interested in that movie. It, it just, I don't know. It just doesn't look like something I'd enjoy. But you know what? The guy in the commercial just said it's the number one movie. So I think I'll go see it now. It doesn't make any sense. Who cares nope. if it's number one? Ah, uh, well. Uh, I, I saw this video on YouTube. I don't, re I don't really remember this. It was Michael Jackson dressed as Jesus. <laughs> what? I 
doing this concert at an awards show, and there were all these children on stage singing, and he's being lifted up by this crane. Oh, God. And, like, this guy comes on and pulls down his pants. Wait, what? <laughs> it doesn't... <laughs> Are you okay over there? <laughs> yeah. It's so ridiculous. I can't believe... Like, what is wrong with this guy? Maybe he should speak for him. He should stand up for himself on this one. Uh-oh. <laughs> is he on the line? <laughs> I hope not. That's ignorant. I love children. Children are innocent. I, I was listening to the episode. we This was like ages ago when we did that episode where we electrocuted him. Yeah. <laughs> so, I think that's the funniest thing we've ever done. Yeah, that was pretty funny. Of course, now we owe him $50 billion. Yeah, yeah, he's still suing us for $50 billion. We've got Johnny Cochran on the case. Oh, wait a minute, he's dead. No, but remember, <laughs> we found help. we found that loophole, remember? Well, what was that? He can't get the money if he's over in the Middle East. Ah, uh, that's... No, I thought he moved back to Las Vegas. Oh, he did? I thought he did, didn't he? <laughs> <laughs> What's he doing there? I don't know. Isn't Louis Anderson? Louis Anderson has a show there. Yeah, something like that. They should team up. Oh boy! It's Michael Jackson. Top five answers are on the board. I can only answer about children. <laughs> Survey uh. says. Hey, I, I don't know. What's Louis Anderson up to these days? Ah, uh, who cares? Did I ever tell you about the DVD I got of him? No. <laughs> I got a DVD of him doing stand-up. <sighs> you know, it's it's pretty funny. You know, whatever. It's like him from the 1980s. And so I watched it, and then I went back to the beginning, and I watched it with his commentary which I don't know why a stand-up comedy routine needs to have commentary. <laughs> don't ask me. Through, he's doing this commentary throughout the whole you know, hour, hour and a half, however long it is. And it's just him blabbing on and on about how amazing he is. That's ridiculous. <laughs> I agree. Like, oh, I, I'm watching this video of me doing the stand-up, and I can't believe uh, how amazing I am. Look at me. I'm I'm making them all laugh every ten seconds, and I'm... I can't believe I came up with these jokes. They're so funny. This is so great. I love myself. L look at me. <laughs> well, that that's all... That's not as bad as the, uh, the Dodgeball movie. Remember, I, I was contemplating that they came up with Dodgeball, and then they immediately came out with a special edition, like, a month later. Yeah. And one of the com extra comments... There was, like, nothing else extra on that special edition. And one of the extra commentaries was, like, Ben Stiller and, and um, Vince Vaughn and the director. All of a sudden, they're, they're commenta commentating on this... And then all of a sudden, they changed the commentating on there's something about Mary. Why? I, and I'm just like, okay, yeah, maybe that, that they think that's funny or something like that, but I'm not paying for that garbage. So the commentary starts talking about a completely different movie? Yeah. 
That's really stupid and weird. Yeah, I don't know. Actually, uh, did you know Louis Anderson had his own SpaghettiOs? Yes, I know. Did you did you ever used to eat SpaghettiOs? Yeah. I could not eat it. Yeah. Not anymore. They're disgusting. But Ugh. What, too, when I was, too much salt. Yeah, I used to eat that. No. Yeah. The ones with the meatballs, like the SpaghettiOs and meatballs. Yeah. The meatballs tasted like aluminum foil. Ah. Uh. For some reason. I don't know why. <laughs> It was like no, the, was the meatball junk. like rubbed against the can and it got the taste oh, of the can or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was terrible. But I ate it. Well that that's like these uh like these microwavable um hot pockets. You know, like, no 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 like oh god, I would never eat those. <laughs> <laughs> Disgusting. What? I like those like all those I like don't. pizza bites and those uh those like pizza rolls. Ugh. Yeah, I know. Anyway, but um, you know, you get like one of those like Campbell soups that are in the microwavable bowl. You know, you open it up, you open up the uh, the seal top, and you put the plastic top back on, and you microwave, and then you can eat it out of the bowl. But the problem is, in order to get it hot enough, you wind up like melting some of the plastic or something inside, that and you're good. like you're eating it, and it tastes like burnt plastic. I know. <laughs> but you know, it's like you know, if I'm at, if I'm at home, I can you know cook it, uh, microwave it, and then pour it into a bowl and eat it out of the bowl, and it's fine. Yeah. You know, but if I'm at work and I'm eating it, I don't have a bowl there, so I have to eat it out of the stupid plastic thing it comes in, and it just tastes horrible. Yeah, exactly. So it not only tastes bad, it's also toxic. <laughs> yes. Don't eat that anymore. What can I say? I'll just make a sandwich. I don't make sandwiches. Right, what was I going to say? Oh. I just wanted to, to bring this up. You're always talking about Steven Seagal. And, uh, <laughs> I don't know. It was a couple episodes ago you talked about his first movie, Above the Law. Yeah. Yes. Well, that was directed by this guy, Andrew Davis, who's from Chicago. And the funny thing is, like, six degrees of separation, but... I like I I actually like I look at his list of directing and I love almost all of this guy's movies. It's Is he related to Sammy Davis? No, he's not related to me, Sammy Davis. Okay, he's not related to me. Okay. Okay. <laughs> God is our co-pilot. Wait, do you remember when we used? <laughs> We used to come home from grammar school, mm. and we would wait outside of school five, and mm. there would always be this old white guy walking down the street who, this was every day, this old white guy, and he but he looked exactly like Sammy Davis Jr., except white. <laughs> what? <laughs> you don't remember that? No. I'm serious. We used to yell out the window, Sammy. <laughs> I don't remember that at all. And your mom would tell us to stop? <laughs> I guess. I don't remember. All right. So, anyway. Andrew Davis. Andrew Davis. So, th this guy directed um, 
uh, whatchamacallit, he directed, uh, do I know this movie, Code of Silence? Have I seen this before? The Cone of Silence? Code of Silence. It's actually Chuck Norris. Ah. I don't remember. I probably have seen it. Um, but again, any Chuck Norris movies is fantastic, so. <laughs> Even sidekicks? You know, again, I'm, I'm I, I won't, I'm, I will, I'm not going to hold that one against the Chuckster because he was not like a main character in that movie. Um, he all, okay, so he directed, uh, one of the first movies he did in the 80s was fi- The Final Terror. I don't remember that. Uh, however, it starred Adrian Zemed. So, therefore, it's terrible. Who is that? Adrian Zemed, as you know from T.J. Hooker. I, don't, I just know William Shatner. Uh, all right. Then, in 1988, he directed Above the Law, which was with uh, Steven Seagal. Love that one. Steven Seagal. 19- yes. And then, in 1989, he directed a movie called The Package with uh, Gene Hackman and Tommy Lee Jones. And this is actually a very, very, it's actually a very good movie. Basically, it's about uh, someone trying to murder the president and the premier of Russia. And it's it was very good. Very, very, very good. And again, this also, like Above the Law, took place in Chicago, mostly. Then he directed Under Siege with um, Steven Seagal. Great movie. Steven Seagal. Yes. I whisper. And, and Gary Busey. Don't forget about me, Gary Busey. And Tommy Lee Jones was also in, in Under Siege, as well as The yes. Package. Yes, that's right. And then in 1993, he directed The Fugitive, also with Tommy Lee Jones, also taking place in Chicago. And I, of course, I love The Fugitive. Then he directs a movie called Steel Big, Steel Little, with Andy Garcia playing twin brothers. And at first glance, you would look at this movie and say, man, this movie is the most idiotic movie I've ever heard. And honestly, the plot made absolutely no sense, but it had so many good actors in it, you know, Alan Arkin and Joe Pantaleone, and and it, I just loved the movie. It was hilarious. Was Alan Alda in it? <laughs> and, and now, 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 you see, I, now, I, I was not in that movie. Now, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Okay. Alan Alda always talks like his tongue is like stuck coming out of his mouth. <laughs> that. That. Anyway. Um, then in, in 96, he directed Chain Reaction, which was a very, I thought it was a, I, I love that movie. I see it every time it's on cable with uh, Keanu Reeves and Morgan uh, Freeman, um, which also took place, parts of it, in Chicago. <laughs> then he directed A Perfect Murder with Gwyneth Paltrow and uh, uh, Michael Douglas. Which movie? A Perfect Murder. Wait, say, a- the, the P keeps popping. A Perfect Murder. <laughs> Tilt your head a little bit. <sighs> a Perfect Murder. Ah. Yes, yeah, so that? Michael Douglas and Gwyneth Paltrow. Okay. It wasn't that good. It was a little bit suspenseful, but it wasn't that good. It wasn't like Michael Douglas, you know, like Gordon Gecko. To read is a good thing. Do you remember when he was in Romancing the Stone? Yeah, that was pretty good, right? No, it wasn't. 